You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yep. And welcome back to Talking Nick's. The best week in Knicks history? I don't know if I would say that, but the Knicks do win three out of four this week. Almost four out of four. Close loss against Portland. They look great. Some of the young guys don't play. Some of the guys we wrote off played really well. I don't know. Let's talk Knicks. The New York Knicks select Christoph Porzingis. Post and toes, and stuffing. Again, ignited and exciting the Garden crowd. Welcome back to Talking Knicks. And fellas, I'm going to start off with this. Let's have fun because there's not going to be a lot of Knicks weeks like this this season. I am joined today by Sir Gregory Poon and Thomas J. Piccolo. Gregory, how are you doing? And happy Thanksgiving. How was it? Thanksgiving was good. I had a, had a nice little time with my family. We enjoyed ourselves, but I'm doing Doing well because of the Knicks, baby. Three wins in a row. Go Knicks. I love that. Thomas, can, can you one-up that? I don't know if I can top that energy, but uh, <laughs> Thanksgiving was awesome, man. Uh, visited my folks in Pennsylvania. Um, saw my brothers. Saw my extended family. It was, it was a beautiful thing. Had, had family coming up from Alabama, all, all sorts of places in the South. So uh, people I don't get to see a lot. It was it was very nice. And uh yeah, New York was a uh, was really balling out this week, so I'm I'm excited to talk about it. Like you said, I don't know how much of this we're gonna get this season, so let's uh let's enjoy it while we can. Yeah, and capitalize by tonight's game. If and a uh, quick shout out to the NBA. People are wondering why it's the most popular or the most growing league right now. Uh, the Knicks Grizzlies game was a fantastic game. That if you're a basketball fan and you watch this game, how could you not have fun? Let's let's circle back to the start of the week, though. We, Greggy, we play Portland at home, and we we we're on a losing streak. I think we wanted to get this one. We end up coming short. The Blazers are a good team. They they were leading the West this week. Um, I I don't know. Tim Hardaway Jr. has a game. Trey Burke plays solid. His his resurgence. We'll talk about that. Um, Blazers shoot forty five percent from three. What what do you have on this game, Greg? Well, Knicks were up ten in the third quarter, so you were like, "All right, this is good." But I mean, you never really felt confident that they were going to pull it out. I know uh, Tom's brother lives with me. I was, he he went to bed because he goes to bed at like nine o'clock, and I was like. Uh, they were winning by 10. I was like, hey, who do you think is going to win the game? And he was like, honestly, the Blazers. And I was like, yeah, I agree. And then they did it because the Knicks can't really – we didn't think they could close to start the week. They, they were a team that couldn't play in the fourth quarter, and they they kind of showed that again in the in the Celtics game, but they, they held on there. But in the Blazers game, they, they were who we thought they were. They That's, are who we thought they were. Tom, any any news and notes from this game? 
CJ McCollum was really tough to stop. I mean, both both of the Blazers' backcourt were were uh, tough guards. So, I mean, you don't really expect guys like Trey Burke to match up too well and Tim Hardaway Jr. defensively to match up too well against those two guys. That's why I think we were hoping to see some Damian Dotson minutes. I know we're going to get to him, I'm sure, throughout the podcast, but he got what I think was his first of four DNP coaches' decisions. Um, I would have liked to see him DN up either McCollum or Lillard, but um, you know they were they were just too too much for the for the Knicks to handle down the stretch. Yeah, and Tom, you you touched on Damian Dotson. We're going to talk about him a lot more in a little bit, and maybe another thing to circle for later is Mario Hazonia two points in seventeen minutes. We'll see if it all comes together. But hey, while we're circling while we're circling things, there was a kind of the biggest play of the game was something I want to talk touch on maybe a little later, but it was a, it was the last bucket made by the trailblazers. Do you guys remember what, what they did to go up um, by two possessions in the last minute of the game? I'm a mental fart right now, Tom. Yeah. I mean, there were so many games this week, but um, Evan Turner grabbed a Damian Lillard miss and put it up for two. They kind of put the game out of reach. Um, otherwise, like if they would have secured that rebound, they would have had the ball with like 30 seconds left down by two. So it was uh, it was an offensive rebound by the Trailblazers, and that was something that was happening a lot, that not only this past week, but all season so far. The Knicks have had a really hard time securing defensive rebounds. I wrote about it a little bit this weekend, and um, and we'll, we'll talk more about that later. But yeah, that's but- just something to circle. Yeah, Portland grabs 14 offensive boards that game, four more than the Knicks. But, and I, I'm going to start start my crescendo to what goes on the rest of the week, because this was kind of the first good basketball game we see the Knicks play in a little while. We we get we give up 131 to our Orlando. We did have a close-ish game, but lose to the Pelicans in the game before that, trounced by Oklahoma City, trounced by Orlando again. So this was kind of good to see that they were playing ball. And then back-to-back, Thanksgiving Eve, we go into Boston and we win 117-109 to 109 over the, the struggling Celtics. We sent them to 500 at the time. And, Greggy, I'm going to kick it to you first again because I know you, you went to Boston College. You, you still got roots in the Boston area. I – as as I age each year, I think I blindly let out kind of one thing about Boston hate that I normally try to wrap up. I was fist pumping and jumping around, Greggy. Talk talk to me. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm a I'm a I really just like to talk trash to my Celtics friends, you know. Uh, before the game I texted all of them and told them the Knicks were gonna win. Naturally. So that's just what I do. No matter no matter the situation. Do that every game, Greg. Yeah. Huh, could I do? <laughs> but anyways, you know, the Knicks came out and they just started balling. You know, Trey Burke was balling all game, knocking down everything. And Knicks were hitting shots. They're up 16 at halftime. And the other thing is that the Celtics just looked like they were in shambles, you know. Cantor was absolutely dominating in the first quarter, just all over all, <clears throat> all over the place, bounding the glass, doing, doing what you like Cantor to do. But, you know. Celtics are awful. Knicks are good. You know that's that's all there really is to it. Yeah, little little hot take is you no know, the the Celtics 
I don't want to say they're in trouble right now, but they have a lot to figure out. Uh, Woogie Woogie We Frank plays some good defense. Trey Burke's the story. 29-11-6. I should say, hey, Vonley and Cantor both have double-doubles. Timmy kind of did his thing. What what jumps out to you from this box score or this game in general? I would say, uh, I mean, we knew Trey Burke could score, could get buckets. The 11 assists are what I was looking at. We've been critical of this Knicks team uh, recently just because they're statistically the worst passing team in the league. It's worth criticizing, but th- they haven't had one guy who has been able to, to really make plays for them consistently. I mean, Trey Burke's 11 assists, had, I think it's a bit of an outlier for this season, but it shows that he can do that. He was kind of the guy I was looking to at the beginning of the season to be that primary facilitator knowing that that that's not really Frank's strength yet. Tim Hardaway Jr. is, is always going to be a shoot-first guy. So Trey Burke hopefully could um, could get that going in his game a little bit. Um, another thing I, I want to point out is Noah Vonley hit two of two from three, and that was a, a trend that we saw get going this week that I loved to see. Vonley stepping out, stretching the defense, as well as just being an absolute – bruiser inside he, he had at least three straight double doubles this week but um yeah mixing it up inside and outside from Bonley. yeah I'm, I'm looking at the 50 percent from three in this game and you almost you start pulling your collar a little bit like okay so maybe this wasn't a game the Knicks win normally but Tom I I loved what you just said and you said it in last week's podcast with Kenny that the Knicks need playmakers not necessarily scores because they were doing all this ISO ball and, and you know, just trying to get their shot when they get the rock. Trey Burke being able to create, dish, shoot his shot, I mean, that's, that's huge and opens up so many more things in this Knicks offense. And I think it shows when I'm looking at the box score now, I see Trier goes three of four. Mitchell Robinson goes four of four. Knox goes three of five. So our young guys have these efficient, kind of shooting nights off the bench. And I, I think the passing is a big part of that. Absolutely. Uh, there just aren't a lot of guys on the roster who look to to set their teammates up. I mean, Trier, he has shown some of the ability to do it. I mean, he's still so young, so I'm not going to like say he can't do it. But, I mean, he is. there's no doubt he's a score-first guy. Um, Hardaway Jr., I mentioned. But Emmanuel Moutier is another guy who I'm looking out for to be a, a playmaker. His assist numbers have been modest all season, but it's not even necessarily about getting the assist. It's about just setting other guys up for opportunities to score, whether or not they make it. That's another thing, but just um, assist opportunities is another area where the Knicks are, are lacking compared to the rest of the league. Yeah, and people say that Moody is the best passer on the team and he's been getting some serious burn. He's been in the, he's been the closer for the last couple games. So, We'll, we'll see a lot of him going forward. Yeah, the Celtics was really his only poor performance of the week. But it was funny, a couple of weeks ago we were talking about how Fizdale was, I don't want to say hyping up Moutier, but he was. He was talking about how good this guy looked in practice and that he's the team's best point guard. And he brings that into the Pelicans game. Emmanuel Moutier goes 10 of 20 from the field, 6 of 7 from the three throw line, 1 of 6 from 3 E. Uh, seven boards, two assists, 27 points. If I told you Manny Money was going to give us that this year, uh, I, yeah, I would have hammered the under. 
But the Knicks' <laughs> revenge, Greg must have texted his Pelican fans before the game. Uh, Moutier with the big night, and Trier puts up a 25 spot. And I, this is another box score, so I'm going through this, and I say, okay, we shot 50% from three against the Celtics. That kind of is what it is. Besides Manny's night, I mean, this box score kind of looks like what you'd think it was. Anthony Davis had a big game. Miritich kind of did his thing. Drew Holiday, the Knicks, the Knicks just won at home. Yeah, and the one, the one big thing about the Pelicans' win is that Tim Hardaway Jr. was 2 for 15 for 7 points. And generally, throughout the season, when Tim Hardaway Jr. is not, not going for 30, the Knicks just have absolutely no chance of winning games. And they were able to pull this one out. So that's, that's impressive. Again, like you said, 27 from Moutier, 25 from Trier. They led the way. Obviously, Anthony Davis just dominates the Knicks every single time that they play. It's... It's actually pretty amazing, to be honest. Can can we start the Anthony Davis to New York rumors yet, Tom? I mean, he clearly likes playing in Madison Square Garden, so maybe there's maybe there's some angle there. But yeah, <laughs> the, the Knicks don't really have the personnel to uh, to slow him down at all. Like Cantor's not going to do it. Vonleh, you'd like to think, but even he's he's just not tall enough. Um, and Mitchell Robinson fouled out in nine minutes. <laughs> That was that was impressive. It's more than wild. anything. Also, there's there's a flagrant foul called on on Robinson. I don't know if you guys saw it, but Miritich shot a three, and Robinson tried to close out, and Miritich like kind of landed on his foot, like the Zaza. That's and they right. Gave, they gave him a flagrant foul. Yeah, the refs have really been trying to cut down on that sort of thing. I I guess it it wasn't a great look because it was the second time Robinson had done that in like almost two consecutive plays. Anthony yeah. Davis had to go to the locker room because he claimed he'd landed on Mitchell Robinson's foot, but on the replay, it just looked like it was close. And the Anthony Davis kind of like tripped over himself a little bit, but either way, the refs were really looking out for it. And I think that's what led to the, to flay the flagrant. Yeah. yeah and I get, I don't get that. I was going to say, I get that, but I don't <laughs> Come on, a flagrant foul. You know, when you fucking hit someone, I'm sorry. When you hit someone <laughs> really hard, that's a flagrant foul. This guy was just terrible at closing out. And they and he got a flagrant foul for it. The way that you know that it wasn't a flagrant foul is that Miritich made the three pointer. You can't get a flagrant and one. In oh, my I've, opinion. Oh, I've made some flagrant and ones in my day, Greg, on on and off the court. But I, the Mitchell Robinson stat is hilarious. And I, Tom, we gave your boy love before, but Noah Vonley, man, fourteen and 11, four of seven from three. What? And you know what else I love? There's the five assists. He led the team in assists in this game, which is just awesome. If you're not going to get your playmaking from your backcourt, you might as well get it from your stretch power forward slash center. Um, he was he was really good in this one. He was a team high plus 18 in his minutes, which is pretty incredible. Um, but yeah, it, it's really hard to undersell how good Moutier was. I want to go back to I want to go back to him and Trier a little bit, just because. So Moutier, you mentioned, was one of six from three. That means if I'm doing my math right, he was nine of 14 from inside the arc. And I, I wrote a piece for the, for the B-Ball Index this past week really highlighting Moutier's improved touch around the basket and how he's been using his, his body, his size, to uh, exploit mismatches against smaller guards and to just get to the rim with more frequency and, and better efficiency. Um, 
just looking year over year, like Moutier is shooting much more of his a higher percentage of his shots from layups, and he's shooting a much higher percentage on those layups, which is always a nice combination to see. Um, and if he can maintain this kind of efficiency around the basket, like that's the kind of that's how he was projected to be a good player in the first place. The reason he's kind of been viewed as a bust is because he's been so bad around the rim, and he's really turned that around this season. And Tom, for me, that's one of those you know people love diving into advanced stats, and then you have Charles Barkley say something and just shoot it down. This is where the eye test fully matches that. If you've been watching these games, Moody is in attack mode and getting to the rim. Um, and we we saw it tonight against the Grizzlies too, which ended up to leading to a hilarious block party for the final eight minutes, which we'll talk about that a little bit. But Moody follows it up again. I mean, he goes five for 12, 17 points, four assists. And I, I know I left the Pelicans game there quickly, Tom, and I'll, I'll let you cont- continue on Manny. He had four steals in that Pelicans game. Yeah, he's uh, I've I've been a little critical of his defense, especially lately. Um, there, there's been some some lack of effort plays, but if you're if you're getting steals and uh, and turning that into offense, then it's it's tough to complain too much. He was I mean flat out he was awesome in that Pelicans game. And um, just one last note, like Trier was also I know you mentioned the 25 points. He was crazy efficient. Nine of 12 from the field, hit all three of his threes. He grabbed eight boards and also had four assists. And I highlighted those assists in my in one of my latest articles too, just because he showed his ability to to, to hit guys in, in a bunch in a variety of different ways. He would do it out of the drive. He he did one where he threw like a behind the back pass out to Vonley, I think it was for a three. He um he did a little wrap. He did he drove and did a wraparound pass to Cantor for an easy two, and then he he threw a lob. He's he's been connecting with Mitchell Robinson a decent amount. He threw a really nice lob off a high pick and roll to a, a diving Mitchell Robinson who just threw down the alley-oop. Um, and so, yeah, Trier's showing that he has the ability to make these passes. They're actually really difficult passes. He makes them look so easy. So I just think that, that projects so well for his future. Yeah, and he uh, – I mean, building on that, I mean, just his finishing tonight, and he, he looks like a pro. He, he just looks like a pro. He finishes – he finished that Pell's game 25, four and eight. Um, Greggy, let's, let's, let's close out the week. <laughs> Again, this three and one next week that uh, I, I like to say the term mind bottling. Cause it's, it's silly to be honest, but um, this, we've got another fun box score here. Canner with 21 and 26 yawn normal day at the office. Uh, <laughs> I, I said, Moutier, Moutier puts on his show, Trey Burke, Yikes shooting, but finishes kind of with an okay stat line. Uh, and Greggy, the block party that happened, I, I know you're, you, you like to look for some good humor when you're watching sports. And this was insane for a little bit. It was terrible. In that, that fourth <laughs> quarter, they just kept going at the rim and just getting swatted by Jaron Jackson. Jaron Jackson Jr. had seven blocks, and Marcus All had five. That's that's the Knicks as a team had five, so yeah. I looked it up on Basketball Reference to see if like this had ever happened before because it just felt <laughs> unprecedented when I was watching it, and it was by far the, the highest block percentage in a single game this season, and it was actually top ten. It was tied for tenth in the three point era, so that was like since nineteen eighty three 
it was like the tenth highest black percentage in a, in a game. So uh, they still got the win. So who cares? Yeah, nineteen blocks for the Grizzlies, five for the Knicks. They blocked like twenty-seven and a half percent of the Knicks shots, more than a quarter of the Knicks field goal attempts. Were yeah, I think, I think there was like uh, three or four possessions in a row where where I think five of the blocks happened in that fourth quarter when you were like the Knicks were the Knicks were up by like four or something and then they just kept getting blocked and you were like, no, this is, this is going terribly that we're going to lose. And then eventually they fell behind 93 to 92. Then they went on a seven Oh run. And you know, you were like, wow, I, I didn't know the Knicks could close like this, but th- this is impressive. The Grizzlies were the, the one seed in the East earlier this week. They're yeah, the West. We, Sorry. Did we beat two one seeds in the West this week? Um, no, no, we lost to the Blazers. Oh, that's right. My, my bad, my, my biscuit. Um, and I, I think what, what I'm going to talk about, because we, we haven't mentioned him yet, even though he's had a solid week, Enos Cantor, man, <laughs> 21 and 26, you know, I talk about rebound chasing and all that. And obviously the defense, but he, he kept his team alive for a while in this game. He was just a force. Um, Cantor looked good and Hardaway ends up with kind of a Hardaway stat line at the end. Um, and then that thing we circled earlier, Hazonia, 21 minutes, four points. Damian Dotson, another DMP. This is this is a big topic, and this is going to spin into more. But um, I don't I don't know. Do do either of you guys have any closing thoughts on this game? I mean, Cantor is just he, he was really a monster. I was seeing some tweets about how like this is what Cantor would look like if he played in like the 80s or mid or the 90s when the when like opponents really played like the Grizzlies do. Um, and it makes sense, man. Like the Grizzlies were not putting him in a lot of spread pick and rolls. It didn't look like, like he wasn't, he, he was switched a few times on the Conley, but it just wasn't so detrimental this time around. And like Cantor was extremely effective. There's no doubt about it. Like when, when he was off the court, it was, it was a prop. They had a hard time grabbing rebounds. Gasol was just a load and, and Cantor was the, was sort of the the galvanizing force to use a, a Walt Frazier word there. Walt, um, yeah, Cantor has a day. Um, Trey Trey Burke gets the run, three of fifteen. Nick shot thirty seven point four percent from the field, huh. and they win this game, one hundred three ninety eight at Memphis. It's because um, they kept shooting it into the Grizzlies' hands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So 14 offensive rebounds to six. The, the Knicks win there. Free throw line, 32 free throw attempts to 19. That's big. And the, yeah. the Grizzlies only shot 11 for 19, and the Knicks shot 27 for 32. So that's plus 16 at the free throw line right there. In a game, they win by five points. So there's there's the story. End of, end of podcast. End of podcast. And I mean – Again, a, a wild a wild week in Nixland. They beat three current playoff teams. I I want to jump into our topics now, and we you know if if you if you were listening closely, folks, uh, you'd kind of know where we're going. I I want to start with the general one, and it, I mean if we want to deep dive, we can. If we don't, we we don't have to. Uh, Tom, I know you and I have been on the same way, wavelength on this a little bit that. Winning's okay. We want to get free agents. We want these young guys to know what winning looks like. Um, I don't know. When, when we 
Everyone was happy when you beat the Celtics because, A, you beat the Celtics and you end your losing streak. Then everyone kind of raised an eyebrow at that Pelicans game, and they're like, okay, is this going to be one of those games we regret at the end of the year? And now we're hot. I mean, look, if you're as long as you're giving minutes to the young guys and seeing growth and development, then I am 100% okay with winning. I think the issue comes when you see guys just not making progress, like our, our people who we know are a part of our future. If they're not progressing or just not having the opportunity to, that's where fans get frustrated. But I'm never, I'm honestly never going to get upset about winning games only because when you look in the draft, it can be such a crapshoot. Like having a high draft pick in no way guarantees you getting the better player. We've seen this time and again. Like, I mean, Donovan Mitchell was, was what, the 11th overall pick last year and would have been rookie of the year had it not been for Ben Simmons. Like outside the, of the one overall pick, which is almost always a good one, though you look at like guys like Anthony Bennett, Marco Fultz, like nothing's a sure thing. So I'm, yeah, yeah it, it has more to do with, with scouting and, and player development than necessarily where your pick is. I don't worry about the winning. I, I'm all on board with winning as many games as possible. That is why you play the sport. You play to win the game, Tom. Exactly. It's like you just said, but uh, you know, I don't think Fizdale, Fizdale has said he likes to play the young guys. It's, it's about that, but, when it comes between choosing between winning and playing the young guys, I think the coach is going to choose winning every time because this is that's his job is to win. You know, three years from now, we're going to look at his record and be like, "Wow, he was really bad that year." We're not going to say, "Oh, wow, he played the young guys that year." Good job. So you know, just just to look into the future, you're not going to going to look back and, and criticize him for that. You're going to look at him based on his record. Well, you, you guys have brought it up with the young guys because let's let's look at tonight's box score. I mean, Cantor plays 41 minutes. Hardaway plays 38. Then you start looking down. Kevin Knox only plays seven minutes. He goes 0 for 3 from the field. Uh, Frank gets 13 minutes. Mitchell Robinson gets 13 minutes. Damian Dotson with the DNP. Uh, you know, I can run back the Damian Dotson DNP all week. Against the Pelicans, Knox plays nine minutes, Mitchell Robinson nine minutes, Frank 14. So I, I guess let's spin this conversation back. We've won these three games, but, I mean, if you're Kevin Knox right now, what are you thinking? If you're Damian Dotson, what the hell are you thinking? We A couple weeks ago we had him as our second most entrenched starter. I'll eat crow on that. Provide the crow, Greg. Yeah, I, don't, I, uh, I guess they're just winning. I, I don't know. I can't. I can't justify Dotson not playing, especially when we're watching Hazonia try it out there and start. I think the fact that they just keep winning and while Hazonia's starting is one of one of life's just great coincidences. It's not it's not him doing stuff. So the the four games he scored two points in seventeen minutes, three points in thirteen minutes, two points in nineteen minutes. In four points in 21 minutes. And all this while shooting five for 21 from the field. And they won three of four games. I yeah, I can assure you that the winning has had nothing to do with what Zonia <laughs> has been doing. Yeah, that that's for sure. As far as the young guys, like I've got the the team stats from the last four games. So Kevin Knox has averaged about 14 minutes per game. That is low. 
but you have to remember he he missed a little time with that ankle injury. He he, he just hasn't looked that great like athletically out there. I, I mean, I don't know if it's more more so his aggressiveness. I know Fizdale had talked about him and his his effort levels a little bit uh, being inconsistent and in how he needs to be just be more of a competitor out there. Maybe it just has to do with Knox earning earning his time. Like he definitely hasn't been that good. Um, and he just hasn't looked like he's been busting his ass out there every play. You know what I mean? Like that's what you want to see out of your rookies is just extreme effort and energy. At least we're getting that out of Mitchell Robinson, who also is only averaging about 14 minutes per game, but for a different reason it's because he's trying so hard that he fouls out and gets in, into foul trouble. Um, but outside of those two guys, like I don't, I'm not too worried about the play. And then obviously Dotson, but outside of those three guys, like Neil Akeen is getting some shine. He averaged about 21 minutes per game this, this past week. Um, he had some, some games where he was more than that. But uh, again, he, he hasn't been that strong. So like, I, I understand with Fizdale, like wanting to give guys minutes who, who earn them, who, who warrant those minutes. And uh and for this specific game against Memphis, it was also a, a, a revenge game for him going back to the team that fired him a year ago. So I, I could see why he was even more highly motivated to win this one. Yeah, and I, I, I have to represent Kenny right now because I, I know he'd be screaming about Frank's defense. Frank did play some really strong defense in a lot of these games. Um, and I, I guess, I, I don't know, I guess maybe this is a micro versus macro, but I see Kevin Knox with, 26 minutes, he goes 3 of 5 from the field, 11 points, 9 rebounds against the Celtics. And that next night against the Pelicans, he only gets the 9 minutes and he only gets 7. But And, you know, again, maybe this is zoomed in too far, but I, I don't know. That's that's when I start worrying about a young guy's psyche. But, hey, if you're winning, winning keeps everyone happy normally. Uh, the Dotson thing is bizarre. I mean, do, do we want to dive more into this because we – Tom, I think you mentioned something there about Knox's hustle and effort levels. And I think I, I keep going back to a quote we heard earlier in the year from Fisdale about these kind of five-game stretches and trying things. I mean, Damian Dotson right now, he's going four DNPCDs, did not play coach's decision. Um, and, like, we saw this with Trey Burke. Trey Burke had three out of four games. He didn't play. We saw – right now we're seeing it with Dame Dot. I looked at Hazonia. He had he had two two consecutive DNP CDs. So, do we think this is what we're seeing in practice? Do we think this is the coaching staff still trying new things, or do we think <laughs> flip a coin and whoever's balling gets it? I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, at the end of the day, there's only so minutes so many minutes to go around. So you know, I think that. Unless it was Hazonia, the one sitting out, I think we'd be complaining about somebody not getting minutes. When Trey Burke wasn't playing, it was like, where's Trey Burke? If Frank wasn't playing, we'd be like, where's Frank? You know, Moody is balling right now. We can't sit him. So it, it's tough. So I guess he's just finding himself in a tough spot after. I don't know, but he, he did really well as as the starter. So it is it is very questionable why he, why he started sitting. But – Somebody's got to do it, and I guess for whatever reason, it's not Hazonia. I guess it's Dotson. <laughs> and, I, and I think it soon it's going to be Hazonia. Like Hazonia averaged about 18 minutes per game over these past four games. 
during uh, Dotson's DNPs. And I, I'm just pretty confident that those 18 minutes are going to go to Dotson soon. Like maybe the, as soon as the Knicks lose their next game, he's <laughs> going he's gonna to be like, okay, fine. It wasn't Hazonia, Hazonia starting, you know, leading to us winning every game. Um, but so far, like since his has been in the starting lineup, the Knicks have won every time. So he just doesn't want to tinker there. Um, even though I think tinkering is probably what's best in the long run, just considering Hazonia's ineptitude on both ends of the court. So, uh, yeah, just, I'd say as a, as a prediction, Dotson's going to be getting Hazonia's minutes very soon. You know, what could happen is Courtney Lee could come back and take those minutes because Courtney Lee's going to be playing. He's not going to be the one sitting on the bench for this team, especially since even if, if you want to trade him, you have to play him, showcase him a little bit. But, you know, he's, he said he's getting better. His shot feels good, but he's still he's still a little injured. They said he's missed more games with this injury than he has with all injuries combined for the rest of his career. So he's a yeah, durable the, guy. He'll be back. The whole Courtney thing, Courtney Lee thing is pretty wild. Um especially when you drop a stat like that, Greggy. Um, and I, I, it's funny, I, you know, I, I wrote down a couple topics and, and we've been segueing pretty well. I think I, I, wanted, I wanted to give more credit because we, we gave credit to Vonley, we, we gave some credit to Cantor and Mitchell Robinson. And it's almost like those guys, the Knicks bigs, they, they kind of have their rotation figured out. You know, if, if we need more defense, we're going to play Mitchell Robinson more. If Cantor goes out and does his thing, let him go. Uh, Von Ley has become this jack of all trades. In the backcourt is where all the questions start, and it's mostly the point guard. And, Tom, I, I mean, I'm going to throw the lob pass to you, and I, I don't even know where it lands, but Frank, Trey, Moutier, Ron Baker. I mean, what what do you have these guys doing? What do you want to see? Do you think it's – different matchups on a nightly basis. I, what, what do you want to see this? I was going to say three headed monster. I think it's a three headed baby monster right now, but what do you think this should turn into? Well, I noticed you said Ron Baker there, but that, that was just, <laughs> the, that, that was part of the, the humorous edit that in post. <laughs> um, I guess what I'm looking to see is, I mean, first of all, as a Knicks fan, like just, rooting for the, the future of this franchise. Like Frank is the one whose development I most want to see. I, I understand Moutier is only 22. Um, it's just, it just seems like Frank has so much potential as a, as a three and D type of guy. Um, I, I'm, I'm thinking that, that Frank probably will just, just to increase his minutes. will have to move off ball though and play like a two, or a three, even a three type of player. Um, just because Trey Burke and Emmanuel Moutier and even Trier as, as a primary ball handler, they like having Trier run the offense over Frank most times. So I, I think I, I want to see Frank getting upwards of 25 to 30 minutes a game, but it, there's no way that he could fit in as the primary ball handler for even half that time. So it, it's it's such a juggling act, and I don't envy Fisdale right now with with all these backcourt guys. Yeah, like Jake mentioned, there's there's about three guys in the front court, and then everybody else is is the backcourt. So it's tough to juggle those minutes with twelve guys trying to trying to get minutes at, at guard. 
And if, and if Frank is your primary ball handler, it just it doesn't even really look like you're trying to win, you know, because it, he's it's not his strong suit yet. You want to like maybe as a as a second unit primary facilitator, he could he could earn those minutes, but it's just there are, there are other guys who are better at initiating the offense than Frank, and so I think Fizdale is going to keep playing those guys in those roles. Yeah, and yeah. it's. It's early in the season, so the Knicks can – I think the Knicks are probably planning on not being very good for for a while, and then they'd be out of the playoff hunt with, I don't know, maybe 20 games left, and then you have 20 games to just do whatever you want. Yeah, Tom, I, I, don't, know, I don't know how this would even be researched, but, you know, if Trier, Burke, or Moutier are coming up the court, you, you kind of have to keep your body on them. I mean – Trier or Burke will pull up on you at any instant. If you let Manny get a head full of steam going right now, he's he's a legit threat, uh, what he was doing tonight in the last couple games. I guess if Frank's bringing the ball up the court, you can really set in your defense. He he doesn't threaten you at all at this point. Yeah, he's he, you know, he's such an up-and-down up and type of player. Like, he will come off screens and hit mid-range jumpers sometimes. Other times he'll just not even look – like literally not even look at the rim for his shot. So it's uh, it's tough to, to know what Frank you're going to get day-to-day. Day-to-day Frank. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like we still haven't hashed out enough. I, Tom, you mentioned, I mean, Moutier's youth. He's, he's a guy that was – you and me kind of started laughing at his stats to start this season because some of some of your advanced stats, um, you know, the A minus B plus type ratings, he ranked out as a D or an F in so many categories. Now we hear Fizdale talking about him confidently, and we're seeing what he's doing. And <laughs> something we haven't mentioned yet: the dunk to close the game tonight. Who was that man? Good dunk. He was big mad. That's my new phrase. I'm trying to work in. Um, I don't know, Greggy. You want Moutier a little bit? If he's dunking like that, he could play for me all day. <laughs> never, never sub him out. <laughs> Forty-eight minutes of Manny, uh, Tombone. I mean, that dunk was incredible. Um, I think someone tweeted from our Talking Knicks account that the John Wall comparison that they saw some hints of John Wall there. I didn't know that Moutier even had that kind of uh, athleticism and that kind of burst, like. He's always struck me as more of like a, a big body. Um, like sure, he he's quick for his size, but not like quick, quick. But I mean, I mean, he uh, he looked good on that play. I'll, I'll tell you what. And you know what else has really impressed me? Like I mentioned his finishing earlier, his three point shooting. I think his entire career he's been just a an abysmal three point shooter, and this year he's a. Uh, I want to say he's in the mid thirties, like maybe even creeping up to like 36% on the season. I don't have the number in front of me just based on what I've seen. Like he's someone you have to guard behind the arc and, and in previous years, it hasn't been like that at all. So um, I, you know, I like, I like a few things about Moutier's game and probably what I like most right now is that he is the, the one point guard who, when he drives, he has a nice balance of looking for his own shot and looking for others. He actually passes at the highest percentage out of his drives versus anyone else on the team. So he he just has a nice mix of, of looking for others and going for his own shot. 
Yeah, Tom, I got bad news for you. He's shooting 31% from three. But he went two for four tonight, so it's probably up to like 32. Which, hey, in, in comparison to his uh, 19.6% he shot with the Knicks last year, we're, we're, we're still looking good. Um, and it is crazy, Tom. You mentioned a stat earlier, but, I mean, this guy's a career 38% from the field, and now he's shooting 50%. Uh, he's shooting 58% on his twos, and it's – I'm not going to start patting people on the back too much, but if it if this guy just needed a confidence boost and a, a, a slap on the tush, well, hey. <laughs> Fizdale's the right guy. I mean, he's a, he's a real rah-rah type coach, and I think he, he gives a lot of tush slaps. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But... Enough Dwight Howard talk. Um, let's – before we go to the upcoming schedule, um, I don't know. Anything you guys want to close upon? I know we we touched upon Trier a little bit. I mean, kind of shocking that he's a week like this. We barely mention him. Or Vonley or, or anyone jump out? I want to talk about the Eastern Conference standings. Okay. The Knicks are 7-14. and 14. The 8 seed is 9-10. and 10. Oh, boy. So the Knicks are two games back, or three, three games back. Two in the win column, though. So I, I said then, I, w- I wasn't going to do that this year, Greg. Hey, let's do it. The <laughs> eight seed is under five hundred. The Knicks can be under five hundred. We can pull that off. Plus, the the Magic are ten and ten at the six seed. We're going to be the six seed, I guess. Now oh, that I look boy. at the standings closely. I'm having flashbacks to last December. I mean, the Knicks just won three in a row against three good teams. So you have to think about it. I mean, you know, they're thinking it in the locker room. They're not they're, thinking, oh, we're, we're going to lose. They're saying it. I don't know if they're thinking it. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that too harsh? Um, Tombo, upcoming schedule at Detroit, at Philly – at home versus the Bucks, um, an, another couple teams that have been playing strong basketball and, and playoff contenders. Um, what's what's the big thing? I mean, is it the the thing we circled earlier? Is it looking for Damian Dotson? Do we want to keep the winning going? I think we want to keep the winning going. Like, <laughs> yeah, baby. I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> I want it to. I want it to happen. So uh, the Pistons have been pretty solid. Um, they're ten and seven. They're at the the four spot in the East. I think Blake Griffin's been. Some, some people have been trying to get him into the MVP conversation. So I'll be interested to see how uh, how the Knicks front court tries to defend him and and Drummond. Like that's a that's a pretty pretty tough duo. So uh, can so Cantor will have his hands full with somebody. Um, and the Knicks are susceptible to to getting out rebounded on the offensive glass in particular, and Drummond I, I think led the league by a lot. Yeah, I mentioned that a little earlier in the pod that the Knicks coming into the week or even mid midway through the week they ranked twenty seventh in the league in second chance points allowed, and in their previous ten games or so they've ranked in the. Uh, 29th in the league so like they've uh they've definitely had a hard time like greg said boxing out the stats back that up 
And um, it's funny that NBA.com actually tracks box outs and they're 29th in the league in box outs. So that kind of translates directly to <laughs> giving up offensive rebounds. So yeah, Pistons is a tough matchup. Um, Philly, I mean, Embiid is another just beast on the board. So um, I could see this like going 0-3 this week. I think I was a little more optimistic last week, but I, I could see losses coming at, at Detroit, at Philly, and then at home against this Bucks team. It's, it's a tough week coming up. Oh, and three, Tom. You're talking about a team that just went three and out. <laughs> Get them, Greg. Um, I mean, the Knicks always play the Bucks pretty well. I know this is a different Bucks team than we've seen in years past, but even this year they played them fairly well, even while Chris Middleton made every single shot that he took against them. Um, so we'll beat the Bucks probably. Sixers, they just lost to the Cavaliers at home. So either they're going to be mad or they're not that good. So Will they be big mad, Jake? Oh, they'll be big mad. Um, I, I saw Scott Van Pelt use that this week, so I, I, I finally cracked and I'm giving it a chance. And it's working, baby. Um, Tom, I think you hit the nail on the coffin. Um, Detroit with Drummond and Blake. Philly with Embiid. Uh Two road games with we mentioned our three <laughs> three man bigs rotation. If Mitchell Robinson has one of those nine minute six foul nights, that game could go pretty south pretty quick. If if Cantor has to guard those guys for an extended period of time, um, I don't know, man. I I I, I don't want to force it upon you guys anymore, and, and you guys brought it, but Damian Dotson has to get run. Uh, he, he has to, there's an, unless there's a hidden injury or something we don't know about. I mean, there's, there's no reason that our second round pick from last year that's shown a lot of promise and is one of our better two-way players shouldn't be getting any minutes. Well, and the other thing with, with Dotson is like, we make the comparison to, to Trey Burke getting those DNP CDs earlier in the season, but like Burke was struggling on the offensive end. And when he's struggling on offense, he really doesn't bring anything defensively. So even if Dotson is having a hard time with his shot, which he was struggling a little bit um, with his offense, but he still brings so much more to the table, like we said, defensively. And he's also one of the best rebounding players for his position in the entire league. So like the Knicks desperately miss his defensive rebounding because that's just something that, that Frank doesn't do. Knox... Knox hasn't done it all, and uh, like they, they, Dotson's just a, a huge component of, of their defensive equation. Here's a question for you guys: What's better, five minutes or, or no minutes? Because five minutes you don't really get any flow or anything, and you know you don't really get a feel. So, what do you think about that? Well, in five minutes also hurts your per game averages, whereas these DNPs don't hurt your per game averages. So statistically, it makes them look better i guess um but at this point i think any time is is a step in the right direction greg i'm kind of with you i if he's gonna go out there i give him give him 10 minutes or so and i guess that's what i'm saying with the young guys too um i don't know i guess my my closing thought which is actually another thought from tom and ken last week was uh the fact that 
Damian Dotson, not only you mentioned his rebounding, but he plays the way you want our guys to play on offense. He's cutting, he's coming around screens, he's looking for open threes, he's trying to get to the right space, and that's when this Nick team was playing ugly basketball, not enough guys on the court were doing that. He's they he was he was drawing some Courtney Lee comparisons, and I, I think those are rightfully so. More Dotson. That's I mean, I think <laughs> I agree. We're I'm I'm big mad about Dotson. Another thing about the Hazonia minutes is those could be going to to Knox. Because Hazonia's a bigger guy and Knox is a bigger guy. So maybe Knox getting some minutes at the four. I know he's played some, but he could be seeing more in the future. With the big men coming this week, that's awesome. definitely something to watch. And Dotson's also six six, but I don't know if he's playing the four. But no, you know why not? Let him <laughs> let him play center. I don't care. Just get him in there. Hot hot takes at the end from Greggy P. Any closing thoughts? Should we wrap it up? Thank thank our friends. I'm just getting started. <laughs> Buckle up. This was hour one of four of talking Knicks. Tom, you got to close. Um, I mean, we, we pretty much hit it all. I think I'm, I'm good. 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 Well, thank you, fellas, Tom and Greg. You, you guys were awesome per usual. If you've been listening, thank you so much. If you could please leave a five-star review, we'd appreciate that. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's going to be an interesting week to watch as we wonder if this Knicks team can keep winning or if the young guys get to play more or, uh, you know, find me some Damian Dotson. All right, enough about that. Thank you guys so much for listening. Greg, it looks like you got something on your tongue. We want to we wanna pump up Tom. Tom's going to be a guest, guest, doing a guest spot on another pod. Tom? This is true. Um... I will be joining Nick's Film School's podcast in a couple weeks to uh, to hop on and discuss all things Nick's. Jake, you, you look like I've uh, just told you you found out I was cheating on you or something. I did, Tom. I, uh, I, uh, wow. Well, this, this wraps up this week's episode of Nick's Film School. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, no, man, I, uh, that's, that's going to be awesome. Like you, you mentioned they've had some big – big host recently so now you're in their their ilk tom am i using that right um yeah ilk is a good word to use there but i don't know that i'd say i'm in i'm in it <laughs> uh yeah no they've had some great guests there so i'm uh, i'm super pumped to to be joining their their pod here and uh we'll definitely be plugging that when it gets a little closer but um in the meantime you guys could read my articles at the b-ball index i've been uh, been writing a bunch of things about the Knickerbockers. So, uh, yeah, that's enough plugging for me. No, that was, that was great. I, I like that. Um, and, yeah, if you, if you see me retweet one of those, just, just read the article because Tom, <laughs> Tom's good. Um, so that was, that was it for us talking Knicks. Um, let's go, Knicks. Let's win a couple. And if we start losing again, okay, we're back in the picks game. But for Greggy, Tom, and myself, let's go Knicks. See you guys in the playoffs.